everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on the Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Syracuse basketball's shocking loss to Colgate and another frustrating loss for the football team. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is 2003 national champion and the Juice Online senior college basketball analyst, Andrew Cowie. Andrew, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself, Wes? Andrew, I'm doing well. I'm not sure the basketball team is. They lost to Colgate for the first time since the 1960s. A 185 loss. We'll get to more of the specifics in a little bit, but I wanted your general take on how the game went. Well, first, anytime we play Colgate, I feel bad for the fellow walk-ons out there because usually against Colgate, that that's the walk-on Georgetown game. We're you know we're getting two, three, maybe five, six minutes. So unfortunately, <laughs> they're not getting out of this game. But yeah, it's pretty. You know, anytime you give up. 100 points in a college basketball game, uh, that's pretty crazy, right? You just don't see it that often. But I think you have to give Colgate a lot of credit in terms of the way they just dismantled the zone. I mean, and just it was just to put it on a clinic in terms of getting to the high post, using the high post as, as just like, you know, uh, you know, passing it everywhere, high-low, um, you know, out to the wings. They just had the kind of perfect personnel to just – to just dismantle the zone. I mean, they had sometimes him in the high, po- the center in the high post, and then four around the arc, and it's just it makes it difficult uh, to guard when they're hitting shots as well. And then you're just kind of scrambling, and it was kind of a perfect storm. So it's it's going to happen from time to time with with really high IQ players who are also great shooters. Um, you know that can happen, but. I'm not as down as maybe one would think, you know, losing to Colgate, thinking, oh, how can we beat a North Carolina or a Duke? We just lost to Colgate. I think this is a a kind of a unique situation. Andrew, it's still a new team. Cole Swider and Jimmy Beheim are first-year transfers into the program and still learning the defensive concepts. But compared with Syracuse's wings in the past, like when you played with Carmelo Anthony and Hakeem Moore, they're just not as athletic, even if they are high IQ players. Are you concerned from the lack of athleticism from the back line? Um, you know, of course, a little bit, right? You, you, you're you used to, uh, um, you know, Hakeem work and stuff like those type of players. We're always used to those long, long um, athletic. But, you, you know, a Benny is, is kind of like that player as well, but he's kind of still learning. But, yeah, that can contribute. I think what's so unique about the Syracuse team is it's a team that we're not used to seeing a lot. It's a little bit of a different uh, Syracuse team. Almost kind of reminds me of like a, 
like a San Antonio Spurs, where this is a really high IQ team across, you know, from top to bottom. It's a team team that is not going to have a lot of turnovers, right? You, the last two games, you know, it's eight, ten turnovers. Like that's very low for college basketball, um, because they're just high IQ. They're smart, they're making the right passes. No, no when to attack and, and take good shots, and so that's just a unique team, but they're also not a team that's going to be high, fast break, right? We're not going to see, you know, off the rebound, we're running, quick, easy points. It's just a very methodical team that's high IQ and just kind of good everywhere um, to where I think what's what's going to happen is you're going to see them kind of wear down a lot of teams of saying, you know, there's no one that on the, in the starting five you're like, you know, that is just like a wow, you know, top 10 NBA player where you're like, I can't guard this person, but yet, you know, Jimmy's ex- um, is really aggressive and can go both ways. I think we know Cole has that ability once he gets more confidence and, and gets more understanding with with the flow and feel that he can score. We understand Buddy and his ability to score. We understand Joe Girardi's ability to score. So it's like when everyone starts, all those players start, you know, two points here from this guy, and then, Ger- then Girardi scores, and then Jimmy scores, and Cole, that wears down uh, an opposing team. They're like, who, who, do we, who, who do we try to stop? We're getting, we're getting beat from everybody. And I think that's where, um, you know, that's where we're going to see that this kind of team be. And it's just different. That's, that's, I don't think we, we've seen that from a, from a Syracuse team um, for the last handful of years. So it's really unique to me and, and really interesting to watch and fun to watch because of, they're you know they're not going to be doing a lot of stupid shots or bad turnovers, um, but they're also you know you're not going to get the Sherman Douglas, the Stevie Thompson t- type of high flying you know fast break team that some t- some Syracuse fans are used to. Coach Beheim knows what he's doing when he makes a schedule, and he does this knowing the strengths and weaknesses of his team. Colgate was the last of the mid majors they're going to play for a while. They play seven straight high majors, including three straight nights in the battle for Atlantis. That seems to tell me, putting the Colgate loss aside, that he has a lot of confidence in this team. I think I totally agree. I think I think he knows. Like when you watch the, against Drexel, even Colgate, like the team can score, right? Because they can score in so many different ways from so many different players, right? Jimmy's aggressiveness, and I I never really got to see him play that much against Cornell. And while he doesn't have the athleticism of a Hakeem Wark or something, but he he has. You know, he knows how to score, and he's confident in himself and aggressive, and, and that's what you want, right? We we know that um, Cole can have the ability to score as well, and so it, it will free more openness for Buddy and and, and Joe. And so um, that's why I think Beheim has the confidences. You know, my team's going to be able to score, but the defense has got to come along, right? There's got to be – there's still got to be an understanding of just with the zone, and it's so matchup-oriented, and it's so – you know, it's not like you're just guarding a guy. You really got to read the offense and read the players. And that's going to take some time for Cole. It's still going to take some little time for Jimmy. I'm encouraged by by Edwards um, and Frank in the in the center, especially watching against Drexel. I think they've come a long way. And th- that center position is, is a sneaky, important position in the zone and just how to read the high post. So I, I'm encouraged that the defense is going to get better um, through more games and just more – uh, familiarity uh, with playing, but the but the key is, you know, we we got a lot of a lot of people who can put the ball in the hoop, and and that's encouraging. 
Andrew, we'll get you out of here on this one. It's a small sample size because we're only three games into the season, but I always ask you the same question around this time of year, so I'll ask it again. Does this look like an NCAA tournament team to you or Syracuse playing on the bubble yet again? I mean, to me, they look like an NCAA team. I think the two things that I think as fans we have to look at to really not just be an NCAA team, but be like, you know what, this this team has got something that when they're in the tournament, you know, Obviously, a lot has to do with matchups, but you know we we could we could be scary in the tournament in terms of making a run to Elite Eight, Final Four. Is the two really big progressions we need to see is one, Cole is seeing how he develops in terms of his ability to just have more confidence to say, listen, I can score and I and and have that confidence to just go and be aggressive, kind of like Jimmy is right. He he has that confidence and aggressiveness. But I think Cole is probably a little bit more talented and, and scoring ability, and I think if he can kind of show that, show that, that makes the team even stronger. And then secondly, I know everyone is hyped on on Denny. You know, he's still a freshman. He, it's going to take some time, but we don't, need, I don't we don't really need him to score. We need him to score in ways of let me get rebounds, let me get offensive rebounds, let me get easy baskets like that. I don't need to try to. I'm not in high school. I need to try to take a guy one-on-one or get points that way. Like, let me be aggressive in little ways to get rebounds, offensive rebounds, those little things, um, and then that makes him even scarier and uh, makes the team scarier. So I think if you see those kind of tiny progressions throughout the year, um, and obviously health plays health for the whole team plays a huge uh, part of it, but those are the two little things I'm looking at for each game to where like, wow, you know, we, we're, we're going to be competitive against any, any team. To me, this, this team has the potential to be competitive against, it can be any team. And so if you can be any team in college basketball, why can't you win, you know, win it all? Andrew, thanks so much for coming back on the program again. 2003 national champion and the Juice Online senior college basketball analyst, Andrew Cowie. Andrew, appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the start of the college basketball season. We'll speak to you in the very near future. Sounds good, Wes. You as well. Always amazing insight from Andrew Cowie. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online editor-in-chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Syracuse football with another disappointing loss on the road. They were routed by NC State 41-17. to What were your general thoughts on the game? Well, it was certainly a disappointing way to end the road portion of the regular season, Wes, and certainly disappointing in performances and games here in November where it's all important to be playing your best football of the season, especially wanting to become bowl eligible. So the NC State game was another tale of the lack of a vertical passing game that Syracuse has had this season. Garrett Schrader was uncharacteristically off in his passing. He's just not had a good two games against Louisville and NC State in November and really looks like a different quarterback playing outside the confines of the dome. The NC State defense was gearing up for Sean Tucker, and he had difficulty in gaining his 105 yards in the game. The defensive secondary had its problems in key situations, giving up long passes. And again, the old penalty penalty bugaboo, as I wrote about in the uh, game recap, came to be a, a problem for the Orange. They're just not going to win games with self-inflicted errors, uh, where the margin of winning against, in this case, a top 25-ranked team on the road is so slim to begin with. But you know what? The team can still become bowl-eligible, and uh, Pittsburgh's coming into the Dome this weekend. 
and there's really a lot of important reasons why Syracuse has to become bowl eligible. Number one, it's about the seniors that came back for this year. I mean, they're the heart of the program. Dino Babers was so happy to get the commitments from these players after the pandemic season last year, these veteran players for leadership and for their experience on the field. And it was really important, and I think it still is important for these seniors who made a commitment to the program to go out with a, you know, at least a 6-6 six and six record and a shot to play a 13th game. Uh, it's important to showcase the great Sean Tucker. He's had a marvelous year. He set the Syracuse single-season rushing record in the loss to NC State. We know what a great season he has had in just his second year as an Orange player. So you want to showcase him off in a bowl game uh, in front of you know, national TV and, and the bowl game audiences. It's important for recruiting. Syracuse does not want to become one of only two teams in the Atlantic Division not to be bowl eligible. You look right now, Wake Forest, NC State, Clemson, Louisville, and BC have all won six games. Florida State has to beat Florida to get to its sixth victory to become bowl eligible. And, of course, Syracuse has to beat Pitt to go to six and six. You don't want to lose in that recruiting uh, situation by being, you know, one if not the only team in the Atlantic Division not to go to a bowl game this season. It's important for Dino Babers and the state of the program. In his sixth year, he's been to one bowl game in 2018. Can he make it two? And really would say a lot about the development of the program under Babers and his coaching staff. And also, it shapes up for 2022. Next year, Syracuse has a great home schedule. Notre Dame is the headliner, along with Purdue, and then uh, ACC games against Florida State, Louisville, NC State, Virginia. So you really want to gear up for 2022 at the same time by coming off a bowl season this year. So five important reasons why Syracuse has to get to a sixth victory against Pittsburgh and get to a bowl game this year. Brad, you mentioned all the reasons why it's important to make a bowl game. They host Pitt to end the regular season. In your preseason predictions, you had Syracuse coming into this game at 5-6 and six and defeating Pitt, upsetting them to obtain bowl eligibility. You've stuck to that over the last two weeks on this podcast. Has anything changed your mind? I can't change now, Wes, can I? <laughs> uh, it, it's going to be interesting because Pittsburgh clinched the Coastal Division title with the win over Virginia this past weekend. But they're certainly not going to let up off the gas pedal. I mean, there's been talk uh, in social media and uh, on different message boards and such, you know, would Coach Narduzzi of Pitt, you know, let up a little bit, play more second and third string players as they've clinched the Coastal and are eyeing, you know, an opponent in the ACC championship game on December 4th and then going on to a, you know, pretty highly ranked bowl game. I I don't see that happening Uh, unless the game outcome is such that, you know, in the third or fourth quarter, Pittsburgh has, you know, the kind of lead where they can rest the starters as they normally might do in any other regular season game. But if not, I don't see that happening. But I see a different Syracuse team in the Dome. I see a different mental approach to this game than was evidenced against Louisville and NC State. Let's face it, really did not show up for the Louisville game coming off the bye week. For whatever reason, the body language wasn't evident right from the get-go. Yesterday, or excuse me, Saturday against NC State, well, there was some life breathed into the team after Sean Tucker scored in the second quarter to make it a 14-7 game, which was then immediately wiped out 
in 15 seconds with the kick return by Bam Donovan of NC State to suddenly make it 20, 21 to 7. And at that point, boom, it, it was it was lights out for Syracuse in that game. And just, you know, you, you could see the body language. You could see the effort on the field. You could see Syracuse just a different team after NC State struck so quickly to make it 21-7. Against Pittsburgh, though, Wes, I, I see a different mental approach. The crowd, you know, may not be there as, as we'd like to see. And certainly the students won't be there. And it's always a tough weekend over Thanksgiving holiday. And it's going to be a night game in the Dome. So the crowd that does show up is going to be the faithful. They're going to be loud. They're going to be rooting on the team. And I do think that the coaching staff and Dino Babers will be able to get this team ready to play with so much at stake, as I outlined, you know, in those five points earlier for the program. And here's a chance for the seniors to go out with a bang. Here's a chance to get Sean Tucker into a 13th game in, in what's been a record-setting season. Here's a chance to show the recruits that the Syracuse program is back on the upswing. So I, I think it's going to be a completely different mindset. I think it's going to be a completely uh, different game plan that's going to be taking advantage of the confines of the Dome. And I think that attitude it could be enough to be certainly right in this game and maybe, just maybe, uh, a game-winning upset in the fourth quarter to get Syracuse over the hump and be an ACC Bowl team. And Brad, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Well, we all know about the holiday after Thanksgiving, the shopping holiday called Black Friday, West. And this past weekend, this past Saturday, was unfortunately a Black Saturday for Syracuse sports. I was going back to take a look. It's not very often that both the basketball team and football team play simultaneously. In fact, as best as I could research, uh, the games on November 20th here in 2021, when the football team lost to NC State and the basketball team was shocked by Colgate, was the first time that's happened since 2004. And in 2004, the basketball team won a game at Siena, rather convincingly, 78-56. to And the football team played the final regular season game of the Paul Pasqualoni era, in which Diamond Ferry made famous by scoring touchdowns both on offense and defense, as Syracuse that day upset Boston College 43-17 to to gain a share of the Big East title and move on to a bowl game that season. So very rare that it happens. And unfortunately, in this case, in 2021, it was a double whammy with the football and basketball team losing. But I just thought that was very interesting side note uh, for both teams playing simultaneously on the same Saturday. Brad, my closing thoughts are on the Syracuse men's cross-country team. They ran the NCAA championships over the weekend and finished in 19th place, their best finish since 2017. The Orange was led by senior Joe Dragon, who finished 55th overall in the 10K finishing with a time of 29 minutes and 42 seconds. Congratulations to the men's team on a great overall season. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that the plastic knife is perfect for when a person just wants to make some marks on his food and gets insanely frustrated at the same time. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? 
Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.